back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. NBA Draft, couple days away. We have a special edition podcast for you today. We have three people on here. We got Nick and Tommy. How are you doing, guys? Good, man. How are you, Phil? Doing okay. Tommy, you there? You're here with us? Oh, I'm here. The conference call <laughs> is lit. It's rolling. And He's NBA here. Draft. He's ready to drop some hot takes, I hear. All right, so first order of business, of course. I'm glad we kind of waited because uh, Boston decided to trade away the number one pick uh, to Philly. They got the number three pick, and then um, they have a weird protection with how they get the other picks. So if it's between, if the Lakers pick next year goes between two and five, uh, the Celtics get it. But if it's if it's one or any pick higher than five, um, they get the Kings pick in 2019 instead, completely unprotected. Um, what do, what are you guys like initial takes on that? How do you even think of that? Yeah, <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know how they decide on <laughs> between two and five. I would say I just as far as them trading the first pick, I was a little surprised. Definitely not totally shocked. I I don't know if like Markel Fultz is the answer to the Celtics prayers, whereas I think he's exactly what Philadelphia needs. So I. I think he's definitely more valuable to the Sixers than the Celtics. I think the Celtics can take, uh, you know, a Tatum or a Jackson, you know, a forward wing kind of guy, and then try to go after um, Gordon Hayward in a, a few weeks. Yeah, it's. I know. I know he's. I know he's from your home state, Tommy. Uh, do you think? Do you think Fultz and Philly is going to be good? That is, if he's the number one pick. Yeah, he should be. I think he'll be good, man. They need a point guard. Are they getting Lowry? Is that a thing? I know Lowry came out today and was like, I have no interest in playing for the Raptors next year. Really? So I don't think he'll go to Philly uh, just because of Philly's drafting Markel Fultz. Oh, yeah. Um, well, He's well, from Philly, isn't he? Yeah, he, he went to Villanova. Play that card. I think, if, I think we'll, we'll cover that more towards the end. We'll do a whole NBA free agency near the tail end. Um, mm. But the so with that trade... My immediate thought was, all right, what the hell is Danny Ainge doing and what is the next move he's going to make? Because he has almost never, like, made a trade, and that's been exactly what it is, face value. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, the famous reaction, obviously, was uh, in the 2013 draft when he traded Garnett and Pierce and, uh, what, Jason Terry for for all these Nets picks that they're having now. And Bill Simmons, who's the biggest uh, diehard Boston Celtics fan, was like, I hate this trade. I don't know why he would do this. And then, like, there's a whole backload of, hey, we're getting four first-round picks, like, in the top five, potentially. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't like that, Nick. Um, <laughs> you wrote a wonderful... It's not that I don't like it. It just hits a sore spot for me. <laughs> it's okay. You, you got you got an article content out of it. So that's what really matters, right? Uh, not worth it, but yeah, I guess. Silver lining. So... Markel Fultz to Philly is obviously the pick. And then, so number two, let's just get out of the way. I think we all agree consensus number one is going to be Markel Fultz. He's 20 points right out of the box, has been the thing. Uh, And with a Ben Simmons that can't shoot outside of 10 feet, you're going to need a guy that can play both point guard and play off the ball, uh, almost like a shooting guard role. Does this make Philly the complete process? Like, is the process done is Sam Hinkie's ghost finally purged from the city of Philadelphia? I I think the process is cashed in, yes. I think this is what Sam Hinkie was dreaming about. Yeah, this is it. Well, yeah, because so basically this pick, 
I was reading. Um, so the whole Nick Stauskas thing where they were doing the salary dump from Sacramento and they got – that's how they got the 2019 pick. Uh-huh. And then obviously I think – I don't know. I forget what the Lakers pick was a part of it. That might have been an Andrew Bynum thing if I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know exactly. But basically the ghost of Sam Hankey is responsible for Marco Fultz as well as Embiid and Simmons and all of this. Do you think with the Sixers kind of just going full tank mode over the past – what five years, six years, uh, gonna change at all how the lottery's done or how the draft process is done, or is it just gonna like put more of an emphasis on assets, 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 which is kind of what Danny Ainge is doing. If they were okay with picking Jackson to begin with, might as well trade down and get a pick with I, it. I don't know. It's kind of interesting because if I mean, if every single team, uh, okay, there's gonna be your contenders. Let's say there's five or six teams. That might even be too many, but let's say there's five or six teams that think they have a legitimate chance at winning a championship in any given year. That still leaves 25 teams that are in that assets, assets, assets mentality. There aren't that many assets to go around. So Mm -hmm. it's not like that mentality is going to spoil the league because every team is just going to try to hoard these assets because there's a finite, you know, like they can't all do it successfully. Some teams will win at it like the Sixers and some teams will suck at it like the Nets. So I don't think it did like this. Uh, outcome demands any sort of change in the NBA policy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 rough. Um, I know. I think the biggest change we're going to see to the NBA over the next couple of years is either um, a change in the draft age limit or um, expansion teams. I think they're going to expand to 32 uh, to match the NFL. Tommy, you might be able to get the Supersonics back. Fingers Let's crossed. Um, but Moving, moving in the direction of uh, changes to the league, um, we've never seen a father like LeVar Ball, and that's the only time I'm going to mention him in the entire podcast. Um, Tommy, Lonzo Ball, he's playing in the Conference of Champions that you know so well. Do you think he goes to? What do you like about him? What do you think is going to be a reason he falls, maybe? Or why he might be the best player in the draft? Well, the big baller brand is definitely going to L.A. <laughs> stores near you is coming uh no i think he definitely has the potential to be one of the best players in the draft and just with his father and everything um that's what la needs that's what they're about big name people and uh i would be really shocked if he did not get number two could you imagine lavar ball's face i know i just said i would mention <laughs> but whatever uh could you imagine his face in the green room if lonzo doesn't get picked by the lakers <laughs> I, I would be shocked if he doesn't go to Lakers, but I will also point out that every reason we think he's going to go there is is what comes from the ball side of the equation. <laughs> Have you heard anybody from the Lakers or in the Lakers organization hint at all that they're going to take him? Because I don't think we have. I think we just assume that they know he's a good player and then hear LeVar and Lonzo and you know all of their outlets say that he's going to go to the Lakers. Like all, what I'm saying is all the information is coming from the player side and not from the team side. Yeah. It's, it's changing the way we're thinking about draft media. Um, and I, I think a more, like you're saying, a lot of it's coming from the ball camp. Um, and I think another part of it, at least how I'm thinking of it is magic Johnson's trying to make a big splash is like president of basketball operations. And if he can get a kid that's from LA, that 
you know, wants to play for him and has mm-hmm. a very similar trait that he had that's a generational trait uh, in his passing ability and his court vision, why not? Um, now, does that cause a surplus at point guard? That's a whole other question. And I think we've all also fallen into the trap a little bit, I'll admit. I love to see the Lakers try and smoke screen that they're not going to do it. <laughs> like, all these teams in the I, what was it? The Josh Jackson. They're like, oh, Josh Jackson has a guarantee that he's going to be a top five pick. It's like, okay, he's projected to be a top five pick. Like, of course, mm-hmm. he's going to have a guarantee from every team. Mm-hmm. Now, if he goes, if he doesn't go there, who is the upset pick to go to the Lakers? Or if he, or if they trade the pick? Mm. Go ahead, I guess Tommy, you're in Fox if they don't trade it. Oh, so a complete, uh, this guy destroyed you head-to-head in the tournament, so we're picking him yeah. over you? It could I be think... Darren Fox. Yeah, go for no, it. No, no, go ahead, Tommy, go ahead. I was going to say, I think Darren Fox might be more explosive player. Lonzo's definitely a better passer, but, I mean, yeah, he could be a better scorer down the road. And I, I, I think Fox has a way higher potential defensively. Mm-hmm. I know um, one of his one of his pro comparisons has been Mike Conley, uh, or like a taller Mike Conley. Um, but I, I know we've seen these kinds of players before. I know he got a lot of John Wall to begin with because he's a bigger Kentucky guard who's really really fast. But guess what? John Wall's also a very good on ball defender. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, he's always around the top of the league in steals per game. Yeah, if if you had a oh Jesus, if you had. De'Aaron Fox over Lonzo Ball, we might have like one of the biggest NBA beefs of all time. Between the two of them? Between Well, not even between Lonzo. It's going to be between LeVar and De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And LeVar and the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, it's he'll be spitting fire like mad. He'll, he'll move from LA. He'll move to whatever city Lonzo gets drafted by and be like, this is our city now. We didn't even want to be drafted by LA. That was a smokescreen. I can see it coming. I can just see it Magic did go to a lot of their games. He did, man. It's yeah. it's risky. And I think, so a small side note with the whole father thing, uh, De'Aaron Fox's father, Aaron Fox, um, came out today and was like, my son ate that kid up. I have no, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he got picked above him. <laughs> so Of course the, he said that. The it's father sad. rivalry. And the fact that his name is De'Aaron, which means from, so it's De'Aaron from Aaron, so... You know, oh, nice. Gotta love, gotta that. love the linguists of it. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> getting away from this ball stuff, I don't want to eat up too much time. Um, Boston Celtics are now picking number three. Give me, give me your breakdowns of of your your camps and who you think is the better pick, whether it's Jason Tatum or Josh Jackson or who, whoever you think it could be. I think, uh, I think it'll be Josh Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think he's, or I mean, he is a little bit bigger. He, um, I think he is a better defensive player, more athletic. I think he's the type of guy that Brad Stevens uh, enjoys having. And not unlike uh, Jalen Brown as far as prospects go. You know, he he will be able to guard big, lengthy perimeter players, and they'll have to hope that he can work on his shooting um, to become like a more consistent offensive threat. Yeah, he did become a better shooter this year. He worked a lot on that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I also go... Jackson. 
I remember having arguments with Tommy during the year about how Jackson <laughs> was overrated because he can't shoot, and in a couple of Big 12 tournament and NCAA tournament games, he made me shut up because he played really well. Yeah. I think he has a higher ceiling. I, I, I agree with that. That's, that's, that's the point right there. It's Josh Jackson has the higher ceiling than Tatum. Tatum's kind of already the player that he is. Um, I wouldn't stretch to say as far as, as, far as uh, Paul Pierce, uh, just because of the Celtics thing. Uh, I <laughs> would rather say Rudy Gay or Danny Granger. Because yeah, of I like that. him being like a 6'8", kind of like 3'4", kind of guy. Uh, doesn't shoot like extremely well from beyond the arc, but he can. He's more of a mid mid-range post scorer and you know he rebounds pretty decently and so does josh jackson but like you said uh they have jalen brown who is a young defensive guy and they have jay crowder still there now unless they move jay crowder they already have a defensive starter and they kind of need more firepower i wish there was a top center prospect because that's who i would have going to the celtics because they need al orford to play power forward he's not a center they need a yeah. rebounder which is why i was surprised in this trade that they didn't try and get like rashawn holmes or somebody just somebody that can rebound the ball um, mm-hmm. i remember seeing uh bill simmons say he wanted him mm-hmm. for that for that same reason and i think everyone kind of came away like all right they got a little bit less than what we expected but you know if they flip this pick and jay crowder for like a jimmy butler or whatever then we'll all be like, okay. And yeah, then gonna, that makes sense. Yeah, and then if they add Gordon Hayward, who's another offensive guy, like, you know, maybe they, maybe if they know Hayward's coming, they take Jackson and stock up on defense. I, I don't know. Um, but I think Josh Jackson's the pick. I'm not going to get away from this. Um, he's a freak athlete, so at the very worst, he becomes a great wing defender, which is probably one of the most valuable things. Uh, whether yeah. or not his shot translates, that's going to be seen. Um, but I have Josh Jackson going number three and then down to the wonderful Suns, the Phoenix Suns, the Devin Booker led Phoenix Suns, the only player that matters on the Suns, Devin Booker, <laughs> the Phoenix Devin Bookers basically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, I can't disagree with you there. Josh Jackson goes three. Number four, who, who you got going off the board? I mean, I think either, I guess either Tatum or Fox would be the next best player. I'm not sure that they need Fox. Um, they have a couple of good point guards on that team, do they not? Yeah, yeah. they have Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe, Tyler Ulis, a bunch yeah. of guys. Uh, particularly Kentucky point guards. Bart so, Hosea. I don't know. Either they need to stock up on their Kentucky point guards for whatever reason. And they also used to have Goran Dragic and Isaiah Thomas. Not that they're Kentucky point guards, but they have had a lot of point guards on their team recently. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that they could find more use for a a uh, Jason Tatum on their roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with Nick. I think um, Tatum would be a better fit here mm-hmm. with all the uh, guards they have. But, I mean, if they're going off best available, I think Fox would probably be the play. But I see Tatum. I think Tatum would be a good fit. So I got a weird, I got a weird, uh, weird mind going on right here. I'm going to go with the first hot take of the podcast. I think they take, I think they take De'Aaron Fox because I think they're going to package a bunch of their point guards and Mm -hmm. one of their bigger wings, uh, whether it's Marquise Chris or Dragon Bender. And they're going to put together a package to trade for Paul George for one year. All right. 
So you want they want Devin Booker and Paul George to be teammates for one year. Devin Booker, Paul George, and De'Aaron Fox. And they're going to try to win him over win over Paul George for a year, or do they know that they're only getting him for one year? I don't know, man. Phoenix has been very open with saying, we want to sign guys we don't care. Like, we just want a superstar talent here. Mm-hmm. So, hey, maybe he likes it. Maybe he's closer to California. Maybe that's enough. Um, but could you imagine? That's a pretty... That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good three. That's maybe an eight seed in the West. Three depends on how good De'Aaron Fox is right away, of course. But just Booker and George alone, I think that's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Don't be surprised. That's a lot of scoring. Don't be surprised if that happens. But you know, it probably won't happen, and I'll just look dumb. But you know, it's the point of the hot take. Why not make them? So that's all right. I mean, yeah, it's not <laughs> un, unfeasible to think that could happen. And the thing is, is Paul George is a very good wing defender, right? So you have a wing defender locked down. You have Tyson Chandler still uh, being a corpse in the middle of the paint, but he plays mm-hmm. good defense. And then if you, De'Aaron Fox blossoms into like a Mike Conley type of uh, defensive point guard, you got defense at all three levels. It's pretty important. Um, but speaking of incompetent franchises, the Sacramento Kings have the fifth pick. Nice. So we have off the board, let's just say for conversation's sake, uh, Josh Jackson, um, Lonzo, Markel, and De'Aaron Fox. So does that mean Jason Tatum's a king, or do they completely blow their wad and draft Dennis Smith Jr.? <laughs> is that what they're is, – is there – are people saying that that's what they're going to do, or are you just making fun of them? Man, there was rumors that they were going to trade the 5 and the 10 to move up one spot. And, and it's not even that unreasonable to think that they might do that. As long as Vladi Divac is the GM, um, they honestly might give up the 5th and the 10th pick to move up one spot and still take Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they could they could maybe take him at 10, potentially. Like, that's the thing, if he mm-hmm. falls. Um, I think he probably will go that far. Like, I, fall that far, I mean. I think he does, too. I, I want him to stay very far away from the Knicks. I think he's the next uh, Stefan Marbury, Steve Francis. And the fact that he's going to be a scorer who has an attitude problem and will not be someone people want to play with. I think a more positive out or a more optimistic outlook for him could be like uh, Isaiah Thomas, current Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Not old Isaiah Thomas, you know? Yeah. That's fair. athletic. Uh, he's bigger, but he's athletic. He's definitely a score first point guard. Um, but I. I understand if teams have fear that he's like a ball hog and people don't like playing with him and he doesn't play defense, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to say that he's definitely going to be that. Like, he, I think he has a higher potential than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so number five for me, I, I'm, I'll start it off by saying I don't think they take Jason Tatum. I think they're going to reach, and I think they're going to take Jonathan Isaac because – Vladi Divac's going to be hearing everyone talking about we need long guys that can shoot threes and play defense. Little does he know Jonathan Isaac isn't the perfect guy for that, but, you know, they're going to take him, they're going to put him there. They need a bigger guy now that Boogie's gone, mm-hmm. and they already have Buddy Heald, who's a shooting guard small forward, and I don't think they want to go through the Rudy Gay experience again with Jason Tatum if he even, <laughs> if he even is that good. So I think Jonathan Isaac goes 5 overall to the Kings. I honestly got no clue who the Kings would take. You're just going to go chalk and say Jason Tatum? <laughs> I can see it, but Tommy, don't you have something to say about Jonathan Isaac? Oh, yeah. 
he does not to be deserve to be going this high in the draft, in my opinion. Why not, Tommy? You're a Florida State Seminole. So you should love him. I think he's good, but I guess they all go off of potential and what he could be because of his size. But he needs to get bigger. He needs to, he needs to get better. So <laughs> say, say you're Vladi Divac. Who, who do you take? Uh, do you just say fuck tough. it and blow it up and just trade all the picks? <laughs> he might. I could see them taking Isaac, though. Um, I doubt they're going to take a guard. They just took Buddy Heald, so they might want to see how that goes. But mm-hmm. They could take Malik Monk, like another Buddy Heald. Yeah. <laughs> just, we're just going to shoot. That's Two Buddy Heals. Mm-hmm. Going to shoot 63s a game. That's the new King strategy. Hey man, it's the way the things are going. Maybe they're yeah. just jumping the next trend. Nick, do you think so Nick, do you are you going to lock in on Malik Monk or do you have a do you have an opposite No. Take? <laughs> no, no. I think uh, Jonathan Isaac or Jason Tatum is a much more likely pick at 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I would guess Tatum. I think Tatum will go somewhere in the top 5. So, if you're asking for an official pick, I would guess Tatum. Yeah. I I can see I can I can definitely see Tatum. Um just because he can score. And a team like that, they kind of need a guy they can rely on to score all the time. I don't know how reliable Buddy Heald is. Uh, I don't know how reliable Darren Collison is. And then I don't even... Uh, I could probably name another starter. Marco Bellinelli still play for the Kings? I don't know. I don't think so. But I, I Ben McLemore is still there? Ben McLemore's rotting <laughs> in the back abyss of Sleep Train Arena. Hey, didn't he win the slam dunk competition? Nah, it's Glenn Robinson. If the there's third. if there's any people on the team that we deserve or that deserve for us to be talking about them, it's the pair of Kentucky boys. Oh, With Willie Cauley Stein and Scal of BCA. That's that's very true. They got Willie Cauley Stein, the legend. Willie Trill. Willie Trill Cauley Stein, yeah, super athletic and long center. And then Scal of BCA, who Came was out kind of forced early. to be like a. <laughs> yeah, probably came out early. Was forced to play like down low in the post a lot of Kentucky, but really isn't. That's not a strong suit. Mm-hmm. He's more of like a uh, open space power forward kind of guy. Okay. And once they traded Boogie Cousins, he looked a lot better than he ever had before. Um, he had a couple of like hyper efficient, you know, twenty plus point scoring games mm-hmm. with blocks and rebounds, you know, like uh, and, and highlight reel dunks and stuff like that. So, he, I mean, maybe that's a reason why they don't take Isaac, because is that what they would kind of hope for him to turn into? Yeah. Uh, or maybe that's the reason they do take him, because they want more guys like that. I don't know. Vladi literally came out last year at the All-Star break, two days before he traded Boogie Cousins, and said, I'm not trading Boogie Cousins. Mm-hmm. And then he traded Boogie Cousins. So, moral of the story is, no one's going to have a chance at knowing who was going to get drafted. <laughs> Yeah. So moving on to the slightly more competent Orlando Magic, mm-hmm. um, help in big flashing red letters is what I see, and I have their player for them. It's Dennis Smith Jr., the man I just ripped a new one, because who could the Magic use more than somebody who's going to score and score and score? I definitely think they could use that. They have Peyton, Alfred Peyton, but he's not a score first. He's definitely more of like a set-the-table kind of point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, they could use someone uh, aggressive, like a spark plug like Dennis Smith. 
and they already have like Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon and Bismack mm-hmm. Biombo and probably another big guy that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but they have way too many big guys. So I can't really see them drafting another, you know, big player. They tried playing Aaron Gordon at the three last season. That's terrible. They need someone yeah. that can score points for them. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see like a big name player show up there, but it's not going to happen while this front office is a mess. Um, pretty sure they're still searching for a new GM because they just cleared their front office after their mm-hmm. whole uh, off-season plan got leaked on the internet because a uh, free agent oh signing. Oh my god! Yeah, that was unbelievable. <laughs> they just took a picture of like the their big board, right? Yeah, it was a whole whiteboard for their off-season plans and how they like described each person. And it was like, what, yeah, what are you that's doing? Insane. How like how does I don't know how many eyes that picture has to pass before it's out in the open, mm-hmm. but how does somebody not notice that? Well, I think one of the issues was it was a like a 10-day contract or something, and it was the player's agent who took the picture and tweeted it out. So that guy probably doesn't care or wasn't thinking about it. No, but then the whole front office, uh, Rob Hennigan, got fired like two days later. Of course, you can't let that happen. You can't say. It's I mean, he not probably shouldn't even be. That he shouldn't even let other people not within the organization in that room with all that information on there, let alone unsupervised taking a picture. Or just move the whiteboard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of easy. Or have that information somewhere other than a whiteboard and erase the whiteboard. Oh my gosh, that's it's the level of incompetence, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> do you think Dennis Smith will be Orlando Magic savior? No, I do not. I'm not that high on Dennis Smith, to be honest with y'all. Mm-hmm. But I think I think they definitely need a point guard, though. I think that's. I mean, Alfred Payton's all right. Um, I could see like Malik Monk, maybe. Okay. Um, but or I mean, Jonathan Isaac. I know they like them, but um, I heard that the Magic reached out to the Cavs about their GM a while ago, so he could be going there. Yeah, that was a that was a big storyline, and to, to sidetrack slightly, apparently David Griffin had been working on like a huge trade to get Jimmy Butler, and mm. then they straight up fired his ass, like <laughs> Comic Sans and all, and like Gilbert didn't talk to LeBron, and everyone's like, oh my god, this guy's crazy, and hey man, go to the go to the championship three straight years in a row, and you still get fired. That's that's incompetence if ever if I've ever seen it. And if you don't have a generational player born slightly outside your city, uh, I don't know, man. Cavs are gonna need some luck if LeBron leaves. Mm-hmm. Back back to the wonderful draft. So we got Nick. Did you did you go ahead and say Dennis Smith as well as who you project? No, my guess would be Isaac if he so if he was still there. Okay. Yeah. So we got. I've I've definitely heard that they loved him and he's a Florida boy, <laughs> and. uh uh, you're right that they have a, a lot of big guys, but they don't have anybody quite like him with the length and the shooting. So I, I think he'll be their pick. That's 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 a good consensus there. We're all thinking different things, kind of. Down to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'll save my take for last because it's somebody that hasn't really been mocked there at all. I'm just slightly crazy. Who do you think the T-Wolves are going to add to that young core? I don't know if this is a, a trick answer to your question, but... I think the thing that would be best for the Timberwolves is if they can finagle uh, Jimmy Butler away from Chicago using this pick and probably like a Zach Levine or something like that. Oh, okay. That's that's a different take than what I had. I didn't even really think about that. Yeah, I think it, reuniting with Thibodeau, his old coach, 
and he's I mean Butler is a was good when he played for Thibodeau, but is an even more complete player now with the, how much he's improved on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. I think he would be the best thing for the Timberwolves. Yeah, with with um, I really think so. They did way better once Zach Levine got hurt last year, mm-hmm. and yeah, if they can trade him in the pick and I don't know, maybe like Shabazz Muhammad, and just <laughs> kind of send that package out, that would be really good actually. So I guess the next question would be if they traded Jimmy Butler to the Bulls and it included this pick, who would you have the Bulls drafting at number seven? They could use uh, a Malik Monk presence because they have guards, but they don't have a lot of shooting, mm-hmm. and he can shoot. Doug McDermott was their only shooter, and they traded him away. Mm-hmm. And I guess Nikola Miritich, but he's streaky at best. He's the uh, he's the pump fake 30-footer guy mm-hmm. for sure. I like that idea that they get Butler, but if the Timberwolves keep their pick, we'll go Lowry, Lowry Markkinen. Okay. Arizona. I think him and uh, Towns would be good together. Who's their center right now? Towns. Gang? Corgi Jang or Towns. Yeah. Towns or Jang, yeah. Yeah, I think him and uh, Towns would be pretty good together. I think he can shoot, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a really good compliment to what Laurie needs. Um, he's not a center. Everyone that's saying he's a center, he's not. He's going to be a power forward. Um, you know, I hate to say it because he's a foreign guy from Europe and he's a big forward, but Dirk. Yeah, it screams Dirk. His he's comparison. Dirk, uh, even a little Ryan Anderson. He's a good three-point shooter. He doesn't have that much of post moves and stuff, but... You know, if he had another young guy like Towns that just basically say, hey, just watch me. I'm, like, one of the best 15 players, and I'm 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's Well, and Towns period. is, like, an outstanding defender, which is the skill set that Markkinen lacks. Mm-hmm. And Markkinen can stretch the floor for Towns on the other side and let him operate inside. You're right. They would complement each other pretty well. So my out-of-the-box take. So we know how Tom Thibodeau loves his defensive guards, right? Sure does. So the best defensive guard in this draft, on-ball defender in my opinion, is Donovan Mitchell out of Louisville. I love him. He's been mocked as high as like reasonably eight to the Knicks. I haven't seen him go anybody higher, but I've seen him go as low as like seventeen. I won't be surprised if the Timberwolves take him because Chris Dunn might as well be dead. He got drafted really high last year. Terrible shooter, like bad. Like I yeah, understand he's a bad shooter. rookie shooting. But if you couldn't even shoot above 30% from the floor and you're not passing the ball well, I don't know. That was a bust. But having I, Don't Mitchell, you think one year is too few to declare? It is. It, it, it is. It is. I, I, will, I will immediately pivot on that point and say I'm being extremely harsh. Okay. Um, but I think if the Wolves have another crack to get a true kind of point guard guy, um, who can also play off the ball because um, Ricky Rubio is a good defender. Um, and, you know, end of last year, he started to find his shot a little bit more and really started. Yeah, he played, a, like you said, he played a lot better once Levine got hurt. He he didn't. And um, I know Bill Simmons was talking about it, but he, when he was 17, he played against the U.S. in the 2008 Olympics. And everyone was like, oh my God, this guy's going to be really good, but he could never mm-hmm. shoot. And then once he did, it was like, oh, Jesus, you know, this is the Ricky Rubio we always wanted. And if you have two guys that can 
play on-ball defense pretty well, and Mitchell can improve his three-point shooting. He shoots well from the free-throw line, and that's kind of the the uh, correlation thing. If you're a good free-throw shooter, you can learn how to shoot. Um, Kawhi was the same way. Uh, I think Avery Bradley's a good comparison for him. Um, but if you want to talk about shocking top ten picks, I got Donovan Mitchell going to the Timberwolves number seven. I think that's a good fit. I don't know. I, he's probably not the best available, but he might be the best fit. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of teams have fallen into the trap of, uh, especially mm-hmm. Philly, uh, of, oh, this guy's the best person available. we got to pick mm-hmm. him. I think it, you know, I think if you're in the top three, unless it's a really shallow draft, you always take the best best available. Mm-hmm. And then outside of the top five is really where it starts being best fit. And so somewhere right in that seven area is, you know, you can make an argument either way. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell will be a good player for them because, like you said, his defense and his high ceiling for shooting. I really think, like, I, I really like what you said with the uh, best fit and best available. And then you always have to consider the King's method of picking uh, Papi Giannis, who, why would you pick another center in, like, the 11th pick last year? And mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. Vladi always seems to surprise me. Um, Maybe he knew even back then that they were going to trade Boogie and that they would need another center. Oh Jesus! And then they <laughs> he just... was in it for the long con. Oh my God! Never. He's he's <laughs> extreme long con. He was targeting Buddy Hield from the draft yeah. last year. When the Kings win the 2023 NBA championship, well, I'll be laughing. Actually, no, he'll be laughing. I'll play this podcast back, and <laughs> yeah. we'll all get criticized. Mm-hmm. So, from one incompetent front office to the next. Reports came out today that Phil Jackson is open to trading Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> I'm going to jump off a bridge. Um, I say there's no way that happens. I really hope it doesn't, man. I'm really hoping he's just saying that and just being an old, dementia-ridden man. Um, the offer that I heard that he told Phoenix was he wanted Devin Booker in the fourth overall pick. I don't know. I re- I love you guys know how much I love Perzingis. Even though when he got drafted, I had no idea who he was, and I hated the pick. But he has won my heart over. He's the Lativian gangbanger, and I hope he doesn't leave New York anytime soon. But with that being said, I think the Knicks could really benefit from drafting Malik Monk. And if Malik Monk isn't there, my next best pick, I guess I could say, would be uh, Frank Tilakina out of France. Um, I'm glad you pr- pronounced that before I tried to. Man, I've I've been practicing that for a few weeks. It was <laughs> funny because the first time we mentioned the uh, the draft a little bit ago, I said uh, let's just call him let's just call him Frank. And then like the next day, the Ringer NBA show came on, and they're like, we're just gonna call him Frank. And I was That's like, funny. Obviously, listen to my podcast. But, Big Frank, yeah. So Malik Monk, obviously best shooter in the draft. Um, I don't want to give him Ray Allen because Ray Allen started his career by being a very vertical guy and then developing into a historic shooter. Um, mm-hmm. I like Lou Williams better. Um, you know, whether that means he's going to be a six-man-of-the-year kind of guy or he's going to be a, a shooter, an instant offense that the Knicks really don't have outside of Melo. And I don't know what they're going to do with Melo. I don't know what the Knicks are going to do. They could trade Chris Stapps for the 10th pick overall and – uh, Scalabissier and Phil Jackson's like great deal. I hate three point shooters. And yeah, <laughs> I, I'll just quit and never watch basketball ever again. But with that being said, 
Do you think Phil Jackson is going to make a good pick here, or how do you see this playing out? All right. Um, I think I think he'll make a good pick. I think it's going to be Monk or Rose. A lot of it's going to depend on, as you were saying, what they do with Melo, Rose, or maybe Porzingis. We'll see. But I think definitely a score, Smith or Monk would be a good fit here. Yeah, I agree 100%. No, I think there is a 0% chance they trade Porzingis. Uh, he's like a transcendent, has the potential to be a transcendent player. You know, he's right on the the edge of, quote-unquote, the new NBA, like the stretch five, can shoot threes and block shots. I think he's too valuable to trade. As far as who they will pick, uh, I think, yeah, Monk, if he's there, he very well could be the best shooter in the draft, like you said. Um, I think he uh, maybe Bradley Beal could be another comparison. He's a little smaller than Bradley Beal, but he's a really good shooter and an athletic just scorer in general. Um or or Dennis Smith, yeah. I like those guys. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a surprise to me when I'm watching this. Um, I could expect anything, to be honest with you. They could pick Luke Kennard at 8, and I'd be like, whatever. Like, just, they didn't take Przingis, <laughs> it's okay. Of course they did, yeah. Um, but, moving down to 9, uh, I know um, you guys talked about Laurie Markkinen possibly going to the Timberwolves, I think he goes to the Mavericks. If he doesn't, if he's still there, I think they absolutely have to take him. You you can't. Not only for his yeah for his <laughs> ability, but for the narrative of the next Dirk. And and that's the perfect person. Dirk has one season left, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe two. If he can learn from the guy that he is basically almost the spitting image of, minus the long hair. Why not? Oh, hair grows. Hair grows. Don't you worry. <laughs> He's going to get drafted and not cut his hair for the next three months. Yeah. I want to see Granddaddy Dirk mold Markinen into the next seven-foot assassin. You know Mark Cuban's all about it. Oh, Mark Cuban knows the value of a good story. With with Markinen going off the board at nine. Any 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 opposed, honestly. No, I, honestly, I would rather <laughs> he go there than, yeah. than the Wolves. I hope the Wolves take somebody else so he can go to... to yeah. Well, here's another scenario, right? So, you know, I was saying Donovan Mitchell, but let's say he doesn't get drafted that high. What if the Timberwolves say, hey, we like this kid out of France that's a good defender? What? Wait a second. What? Are we allowed to, first of all, am I allowed to say holy shit? Second of all, are we allowed to break news on this podcast? What happened? That I just What? 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 And I'm being out because it's a net thing. What? Lakers are trading Timothy Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell to Nets for Brooke Lopez in the 27th pick. Well, holy shit. That, okay, I'm pretty sure that's good for the Nets. D'Angelo Russell, other than Brooke Lopez, will be by far the best player the Nets have had since they last made the playoffs. And they can draft a big guy at 22, which they still have. But Mozgov is buns. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care about Mozgov. He's probably just presses. Stop the presses. We're we're pausing. We're pausing the draft coverage. All right. So breaking news, as let us know by our one Nicholas Molinari. You can call uh, me the net correspondent if you want. The nets next next correspondent, uh, not by choice, uh, <laughs> by birth, via Adrian Wojnarowski. The Lakers are trading Timothy Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell to the Nets for Brooke Lopez and the twenty seventh pick. Does this mean Lonzo Ball is a Laker? Yeah, I think for sure it does, and they want a 
more reliable center than Mozgov to pair with him. <laughs> oh my god. I think this is all but officially the Lakers handing the keys of the car to Lonzo Ball, right? Wait. What if they trade Brooke Lopez, the 27th pick, and the second pick for Paul George? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I. But <laughs> do you think they'd be willing to give up Lonzo or the potential to have Lonzo Ball just to get Paul George one year earlier? I think they could have the patience to wait one more year and make sure they have Lonzo. So that's the thing. Brooke Lopez has one year left on his contract, too. Oh, he got, okay. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's one year, $22.6 million. They just traded D'Angelo Russell for one year of Brooke Lopez. Congratulations, we might have a new winner in the league um, for a dumb franchise. But back to the draft after that fun, fun sidetrack. So we're on the 10th pick. Sacramento Kings, second time around here. Does Dennis Smith go finally? Yeah, I think he has to. Yeah, I think so too. So Dennis, Dennis Smith, you know, they have him as high as 3, as low as 12. He, I think if, if Ball and... And Fultz and Monk didn't all happen to be these like incredibly talented guards on the same draft. Mm-hmm. We'd be talking about Smith as like yeah, a top five pick, not a top ten, fifteen pick. So Dennis Smith was actually projected top three pick before the season started. I believe it. And then you know, Fultz kind of came out of nowhere. Lonzo was there, and then Monk kind of came out too, uh, especially after that sixty-three point game he had. They were like, oh, this guy's gonna be a good pick now, but. I think the Kings can't pass up on Dennis Smith here if he's here with their second pick. Granted, that means they're not trading it. But So we have our mock top ten there. We're going to put out an official paper article on it. But in regards to the rest of the draft, what do you guys who – are, who are some players that you see going maybe higher than they should or lower than they should? Or um, who do you think might be the best guy outside the top ten? I think if the Nets could now get – because they so they only have one first round pick now. I had previously written an article for Sports Landing about how I was excited how they have two picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did consider the possibility of a trade. So now that they don't have that twenty seventh pick, they only have twenty two. I would love to see them get uh, UNC's Tony Bradley there. Mm-hmm. Huge, you know, big guy, big wingspan, great athlete, moves well, rebounds well, can block shots. Uh, has a post game that worked well, but didn't get called on often at UNC. And uh, I would love to see the Nets fill their empty center spot with him. Yeah, you know, with the Nets trading this pick away, they have that one pick. Uh, Tony Bradley would be a good choice. Uh, you know, like you said, another big guy, especially now because they have uh, Ivan Drago as their center and not Brooke Lopez. Um, also, is anybody surprised Brooke Lopez actually finally got traded after the <laughs> year-and-a-half circle jerk of, oh, he might be getting traded this week? I'm happy for him so he doesn't have to lose 60 games anymore <laughs> because he deserves better. He can finally win. So I, I have one guy in particular, and I think you guys know who it is. I really like Luke Kennard. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he's the white guy from Duke, and maybe he'd be a top 10 pick if his name uh, was European and he wasn't American. But I'm not saying yeah, Lucas Kennard with an accent on it. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, what a... I think Simmons <laughs> called him Luka Karnardich. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. And 
Oh my gosh. So a lot of people are like, oh, this guy's killing it in workouts. He's going to fly up the board. I don't care about his workouts. I watched plenty of Duke games last year. <laughs> yeah, because um, they're on TV every day. They're, exactly. They're, they're a national brand. They're going to be shown. And they were a good team for a very long time until they fell apart in the tournament. Cough, cough. Choke. Yeah, it was really um, that loss against Florida State that put him under. Hey, man. <laughs> but Luke Kennard... I don't want to compare him to Chris Mullen because he's another white three-point shooting lefty, but I'm comparing him to Chris Mullen. Um, because... I, I, I think he can be a great shooting guard small forward that's going to be a three-point specialist. You know, he's not a stalwart defender by any means, um, but he's average at least. And, mm-hmm. he, and he's not small, so no, he, he's, could, he should be able to defend he's six, six, just about every shooting guard. And he'll be fine playing shooting guard. You know, J.J. Redick, his biggest thing was he wasn't good at defense, and then he's a really good defender now. I, I think the biggest thing is Luke Kennard can create his own shot. That's something that's yeah. going to put him apart from the Kyle Corvers of the world, if you will, uh, where Kyle Corver catches the ball and then looks like he's having a flashback to Vietnam because he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, I like Luke Kennard, too. He, I, I don't want this to be overstated or uh, misunderstood, but I think he has just a teeny little ounce of the Steph Curry gene of like gracefully dribbling between three defenders and then throwing up a reckless shot that actually looks kind of beautiful and goes in. Some might call it the Kyrie Irving gene. Yep, same gene. They both have it. <laughs> I had to make the take. I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Tommy, outside of the top ten, the guys we talked about so far, is there is there a name that jumps out to you? Uh, I'll keep on the trend of white boys. Let's go Zach Collins and TJ Leaf. Okay. I'm excited to see where they go. I know Bill Walton called TJ Leaf the best shooter in college basketball last year. But he ever said so Bill Walton. Yeah. I think it's a big story with Zach Collins. How no one really talked about him. And then all of a sudden he had this big run with Gonzaga and he played really well. And he can shoot. He can spread it out. And he's a very good uh, defender. He's only 19. So we see interesting to see where he goes. He's he's destined to go to the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> and then toil to nothing in three years. But like you said, TJ Leaf on the other side. Mm-hmm. Oh man, he's he's that's another guy I've seen as high as fifteen, as low as like twenty eight. It's just gonna be based on, like you said, Nick, drafting for fit. Mm-hmm. Now they have him going to the Raptors in this mock draft that I'm looking at. But man, I, Leaf. yeah, TJ Leaf. I can mm-hmm. see him going to man. If if Millsap's gonna walk away, why don't the Hawks take TJ Leaf at nineteen? They need a power forward that can shoot, and I think that's where he's destined to be. He's gonna be a you know Ryan Anderson, Channing Fry kind of guy, where he's gonna be shooting from the corner, or maybe posting up a little bit. I think Ryan Anderson's a fair comparison, um, but. The draft is about 48 hours away. There's going to be a ton of stuff that's going to happen. As we said, there was a trade that happened while this damn podcast was being taped. Sure um, did. And moving forward outside of the draft, we're, we'll touch quickly on free agency. What What's going to happen? Does Paul George get traded before July 1st? And the other take I'll ask is, does Jimmy Butler also get traded? I would be really surprised if a team other than the Lakers is willing to take on 
one year of Paul George knowing that he said he wants to go to the Lakers after next year. You know, and if they do, they I don't think they're going to be willing to pay much of a price because it's, you know, you hear this term a lot. It's like a one year rental. Mm-hmm. You're you're not guaranteed to lose him after next year, but the chances don't look good as of now. So I think either he stays in Indiana or he goes to L.A. Uh, as for Butler, I the the Bulls have seemed to be so quiet about this. There are a lot of teams that want him and that are apparently packaging deals for him. We haven't really heard much about whether or not the Bulls want anything for him or if they want him. Um, and I don't know if that's because they're being secretive about it or because they have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think um, I think one of them will probably go to the Cavs and go out there and say it. Mm-hmm. But um, I would probably see Paul George going there just for that one-year rental, as you were saying. Because yeah. Probably not going to want to pay him after that. Um, but yeah, I think one of them will probably go. I'm also interested to see if if Butler leaves. I think Wade can opt out of his contract too. Can he, he? just opted in actually? Oh, he did. Like just now, <laughs> like yeah. he just opted in. <laughs> Meaning he's staying this, in Chicago. He's 24 million dollar option. Well, yeah, hard to pass that up because he probably so, wasn't going to get that. You know what that means though? That means that if Chris Paul signs a one year deal. And then Melo leaves. Banana the boat. Banana boat. Banana yeah, boat. Yeah. And the Lakers <laughs> just cleared $54 million plus another $22 million. That's going to be coming off their books next year. Oh, boy. I think Team Banana Boat is real. Banana <laughs> Boat with Lonzo Ball to pass the ball to all of them. I think so, too. He, he, there's going to be, in the next, like, three hours, he's going to tweet or say something ridiculous about the Lakers, right? How they're guaranteed to draft him and how he's going to win the championship or something, right? His last tweet was June 14th. All right, so maybe he's not a big tweeter, but I just feel like the Lakers can't do something that makes headlines without LeVar Ball making sure we know he heard about it. Yeah, it's, you know, I won't be surprised if he goes on, like, first take tomorrow. Like, yeah. I told you, I told you they're going to trade D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell can't play with my boy. It's going to be the exact words out of his mouth. But thank you, guys. Is there anything else you'd like to touch on while we have the time with this groundbreaking three-person conference call <laughs> uh no man i'm good thank you for having us yeah no problem yeah, man. thank you <laughs> to wrap it up the lakers now have three picks in the draft they have 227 and 28 whether they get paul george the world may never know big thank you to our friends at bold city records for our intro music and you can follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, leave us rating and reviews. We appreciate the help. You know where we are. You know where we're at. We're out.